What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We're doing audio only, having a little bit of issues with my internet connection, and that's kind of key to the stream, and I wanted this to be of good quality. I didn't want you to be watching some kind of choppy video or something like that. So we are doing audio only. We'll be back with video tomorrow on today's podcast i want to talk about a problem area we talked about the worst position group for the cincinnati reds in 2021 let's look at number two on the list of problem child positions for this reds team and talk about how that can be fixed plus we'll add another item on the reds checklist for the off season for the front office coming up that's all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good to be talking some Reds baseball with you here today on the Locked On Reds podcast. If this is your first time finding me, thank you, first of all, and make sure that you're following the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for making me your first listen here on Locked On Reds. Locked On Reds, just like every single Locked On podcast, is free and available on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. It just happens to be whenever the hosts uh Internet connection actually cooperates with them like it isn't today for me. All right, here on today's podcast, let's open it up. We'll start talking about this. But before I jump into it, though, pop quiz. Only two position groups for the Cincinnati Reds in 2021 had an OPS on base plus slugging under 700 for the entire season. One of them is third base. Can you guess the other one? Nope. Not catcher. Center field. The center field position for the Reds. I, I said that third base is a black hole. You really can't have two black holes unless your team is just awful, which I don't think the Reds were awful. They were disappointing, but they weren't awful. They had a winning record after all. But it was about as close to a black hole as you could get. Like, what? what's is a... Not really a wormhole. I don't know. I can't really do all this stuff. But when you look at the center field position, it was bad. They slashed 226. They got on base 294. And they slugged 351 for the season. A 226 batting average. Not good. Uh, Tyler Naquin actually got the majority of the playing time in center field. And although he had a 270 batting average for the season, he hit 239 as a center fielder. He did have 11 home runs, but when you put into perspective the fact that all center fielders for the Cincinnati Reds, so in each game of the season, whoever played center field, they all combined to hit 14 home runs. That means that Tyler Naquin hit 11 of the 14. Not great. Not great at all. And when you look at the fact that he also got on base at 296, which was the best clip of any center fielder for the Cincinnati Reds, he um, uh, was the best. And the second most uh, was Shogo Akiyama. 
who had a 280 on base. The guy who, coming into this season, I was so excited about because he was so good at getting on base in the month of September in 2020, uh, he couldn't even do that this year. It was just a rough year all around, I think. And, and as much as I loved Shogo and as much as I loved the signing at the time, I think it's uh, safe to admit we were wrong about Shogo being a key member of this team moving forward. I think the Reds need to figure out some kind of way to move on from Shogo, whether it's um, making a trade or just cutting bait. I, I, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of that involves them eating most of his contract. He's going to make $8 million next year. And so the problem with that is going to be getting the Reds to sign a check for a dude who's not going to contribute for them. But look, even if he's on the roster, he's not really going to contribute anyway. And uh, speaking of not really contributing much, Nixon Zell pretty much hurt for most of the season. He was a non-factor in the center field conversation. And we're talking about the fact that uh, this Red center field group was the second worst position on the team. It was also pretty bad as far as uh, the major leagues go. Major league average center fielders slashed 244 318 404 generally 20 points more in batting average and on base and 50 points more in slugging than reds center fielders and according to baseball reference reds center fielders had the second lowest wins above replacement in the entire major leagues they had the second lowest ops and they were tied for the lowest in slugging percentage with the Braves, who, mind you, their outfield was in turmoil all year because Ronald Acuna went down midway through the year. And now you can say, well, the Reds were without Nick Senzel, but I just don't know. Like when you look at the solutions for the center field side, we'll talk about that here in just a minute, but I think that Nick Senzel being healthy is going to go a long way into hopefully, I, I still believe he's got the talent to do it. He's just got to be on the field. Obviously, we, we always talk about availability is the best ability, but if you add availability in there, he's got some pretty solid uh, talent. I, I, I believe I believe that he can hit the ball. I know he's fast. I know he's athletic. Hopefully he can prove that next year. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a minute. Before I get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can get your next part for your car at rockauto.com, and they will deliver it right to your door. You don't have to get out and go to the brick-and-mortar store, who's probably going to overcharge you anyway, thanks to their upcharges and things like that. And did you know that they have different price tiers based on whether you're a professional or an amateur? Yeah, that's kind of silly. Go to rockauto.com. They've got reliably low prices on all of their parts and they've got all the parts that your car will ever need and i'm talking about if you've got an everyday driver that's like a honda civic that was made a couple of years ago or if you're trying to restore a classic car like i don't know like a studebaker avanti yeah if you've got one of those if you were a lucky uh, duck that uh, got one of the most rare one of the one of the rarer sports cars that was ever made yeah, they got parts for that too at rockauto.com. Head over there and when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right, so center field was a problem. How's that get fixed? 
uh, it's pretty much the same equation, the same sort of potion, if you will, that we were talking about. If Nick Castellanos isn't around next year, you're looking at Tyler and Aquin. You're looking at maybe Nixon Zell, maybe Shogo Wakiyama. If he's still around, I already told you what I thought about that though. Or is it Mr. Outside hire? And I don't know what the free agent market's going to, uh, include, I got a DM from somebody asking me about a possible trade package. If the Reds were to put together a bunch of players looking for a center fielder in a trade and I appreciate the message, Mitch. And thank you for the question. This is from Mitch. He said, what center fielder could the Reds get for a package centered around Tyler Malley, Nixon Zell and a prospect like Reese Hines. At that point, I'd kind of hope it'd be like Mike Trout. That's pretty expensive, including Tyler Malley. Nixon Zell is at the lowest point of his value of his career for sure, but Reese Hines is also a pretty coveted prospect as well. You're talking about three very, well, two very key members of the future of the Reds organization. Maybe Reese Hines is a key member. I, I, I tend to believe that he is. Definitely Tyler Malley. And Nixon Zell at least has a reclamation project and possible uh, firecracker status attached to him if he can ever stay healthy. So I'd hope it'd be a pretty good one. I don't know specifics on that. Like it'd be hard to say whether they'd be able to go get a guy like, geez, I don't even know. Like Mike Trout be nice. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say specific scenarios because you're also factoring in other teams who their needs are completely different from the Reds. And, you know, maybe they are looking at Tyler Malley. I don't know who wouldn't be, but maybe they're not really caring about Nixon Zell. And, and Reese Hines has high upside, but he's also got a pretty indiscernible floor as a prospect as well. So I, I think that... It's interesting to start to put together packages. The only problem is not knowing who you're going for. I've, I've always had this problem in, in like fantasy sports, whether it's fantasy baseball or, or fantasy uh, football or something like that. Uh, whenever somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, look, um, I, I, I'm looking to uh, trade for this guy on your team. Who do you want from my team? I think that there's got to be two sides to a trade package. So if you're telling me like, yeah, we're going to go talk with the Blue Jays about uh, maybe looking at Lourdes Gurriel or something like that. I I think, I think Gurriel can play center field, but maybe we're looking at Lourdes Gurriel and maybe this trade package would work for him. That's a possibility, but who's paying too much in that? It's always hard to talk about trade values there, but I think in the case of this uh, center field thing, I'd almost feel more comfortable with Mr. Outside hire simply because we are asking the same questions of Nick Senzel that we've been asking his entire career. Is he going to stay healthy? Right? I mean, when he was healthy, he showed flashes of talent. He showed that he can hit the ball. He's got pretty solid uh, powered all fields. He's got nice plate discipline. He's fast on the base paths, things like that. It just feels like forever ago that that happened. He's never been healthy to the point where you're comfortable saying that he can be a key member of this team. And I hope that that's the case next year. 
but that is literally blind hope. There is nothing that is sitting here saying that, yes, this is what you should look at to be comfortable handing the reins of center field to Nixon Zell. And what do we always say about the red? What do I always tell you that the reds seem to operate their front office under the assumption that the best scenario will take place. They plan for the best. And then whenever the worst happens, they at best improvise and try to build something up. But for the most part, they don't really ever plan for the worst case scenario. This is a situation where they should, they should go out and get a center fielder. Don't get me wrong. I like Tyler Naquin, but I think he's really more depth and especially if you don't bring back Nick Castellanos, then you're looking at getting a Mr. Outside hire for either center field or right field. And then Tyler Naquin's playing one of those two positions opposite him. Cause I don't think the reds are going to be able to go get two outfielders, uh, get a couple of bullpen arms, maybe get some starting pitching depth and this and that and the other, because they pretty much told us how poor they are. So at best we're looking at one starting caliber signing slash trade acquisition. And that's a little bit disheartening to really think about, but this Reds team, and we'll talk about this more in a moment. If everyone, if this were to happen and everyone were to come back based on the salaries, and I'm getting this off of spot track. I like spot track.com really, ha- really helps with like player salaries and talking about uh, team payrolls and things like that. But according to spot track.com, if everybody comes back and based on their estimates for guys like Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Jesse Winker, those guys in arbitration, the Reds would have a team salary of just a smidge over $138 million. Their team salary was at $125 million this past year. And they talked about how much they wanted to cut that down. Do you think that's really going to happen? Probably not. So... There's a lot that needs to be answered from guys inside this organization. And whether that's Naquin taking a step forward, whether that's Sinzel being healthy or what have you. And and I also didn't talk about this, but I only briefly want to touch on this because I think it's interesting that people are counting on this guy to be an option in center field. Jose Barrero played five games in the center field spot. That was because David Bell was desperate. Desperate. For a center fielder. He's not looking at Jose Barrero as an option. At least he shouldn't be. He shouldn't have to be. The front office should not be putting David Bell in a position where Jose Barrero is a viable center field option next year. I almost put that on the same plane as saying that they had to count on Michael Lorenzen for important innings in center field. I I just don't, I I think that would be foolhardy. Jose Barrero is the shortstop of the future. He's playing shortstop. The only reason he's not playing shortstop is because maybe they traded him for a better shortstop. I don't see any scenario where Jose Barrero, I don't see any scenario. Let's, let's rephrase that because who knows? I I could be totally wrong and they, they could just stick it to me and start Kyle Farmer at shortstop. But I don't see any scenario that makes sense that Jose Barrero is not this team's everyday shortstop in 2022. That is absolutely what he has been groomed for, what he has trained for, what he has built his career around. So if they are counting on him to play important innings in center field, that means the front office has drastically failed this team. 
So I wonder. I, I, I think that they've got to really uh, take a long look at the payroll, figure out how they can be flexible, because as much as I would love to see them just go on a spending spree, that's not going to happen. So Nick Cross got to get creative with that. And by the way, piece of news, uh, not really uh, forgot to mention this, but the Delano to shields was uh, sent off the 40 man roster and sent to minor leagues. And he decided because he has this ability, he decided to elect free agency instead of get assigned to Louisville. So he is now a free agent Delano to shields era in the reds outfield is over. I, I sent out a tweet about that too. I said the two things that I will remember Jose or uh, the two things that I will remember the Delino to Shields era for is one he had five doubles and despite hitting five doubles he scored zero runs after hitting each one of those doubles he got stranded either on second or third base. And then number two, he got 47 at bats last year and he has one more home run as a red than Shogo Akiyama does in 317 at bats as a Cincinnati red <sighs> Shogo. I loved you. I loved you. I really wanted you to work out, man, but yeah, no more uh, Delano to shields, not in the equation, at least as of right now, I don't know if they go and they sign him to a minor league deal, but it sounds like he wants a major league contract for next year. All right, coming up, we've got another checklist item to mark down for this front office that surely should be active this off season. That's coming up in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you that you can go set up your profile at betonline.ag if you haven't already done so, and use the promo code locked on to get a hundred percent more on your initial deposit. Whether you put ten and they'll give you 10. If you put 20, they'll give you 20. If you put in a hundred, they'll give you a hundred more just for typing in the promo code locked on. And when we're talking about betonline.ag, they've got lines for baseball with the playoffs going on. They've got football, whether NFL or NCAA, the NBA is getting close. NHL, I believe starts tonight. There's all kinds of sports about it. October is a beautiful month for sports fans. I'm very happy about this. And you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Get off the bench, get in the game, and start making cash off your sports knowledge today. Go to betonline.ag, set up your profile, and type in the promo code Locked On to take advantage of this 100% buy one, get one free welcome bonus. Locked On, 100% more at betonline.ag. All right, adding another item to the Reds offseason checklist is what we're going to finish up this podcast today with. And we're talking about a situation in which we've already added a couple, and I just lost the checklist. Uh, great. Uh, the checklist that we've built this offseason for the Reds front office, we've got three items on it so far. Number one is bring back Nick Castellanos. That goes without saying. Number two, improve the bullpen. Specifically, look for a bullpen ace. Look for a closer. That's what we want. That's item number two. Item number three, figure out options on Tucker Barnhart and Wade Miley. Again, $10 million on Wade Miley, 7.5 on Tucker Barnhart. What are you doing with that? And if you're not bringing them back, who are you bringing to replace them? And number four, today we're adding item number four on the Reds' checklist for the offseason, proactive contract extensions for Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, and Jesse Winker. Luis Castillo and, 
and Jesse Winker were on this list last year and Tyler Malley to an extent because we are talking about guys who are in their arbitration years and this is something that the Reds can do. It's not only good financial sense and, and something that the Reds could take advantage of for the next couple of years, maybe buy out one or two years of each of these players free agency years and you know, at least be prudent a little bit with the money. They always talk about how they have to kind of pinch some pennies. Well, this is a good way to do it, but there have been no rumors. There have been no talks of, uh, possible contract negotiations. And it's possible that they get these done in the week leading up to the deadline to, you know, give out your arbitration numbers. And then you have to worry about arbitration and all that other stuff, but more than likely they just are going to continue to go to arbitration with these guys. And that's dumb for two reasons. Number one, the price of each one of these guys for their contracts are going to continue to go up each year because they're amazing. Luis Castillo is the talent wise, the ace of this ball club and should be once again, pitching well enough to garner some sort of Cy Young attention next year. Tyler Malley might've been the best pitcher on this team. He had an argument with Wade Miley, I think, but he might have been the best pitcher on this team. He's going to continue to get more raises as the years go along, and Jesse Winker is the best hitter on this team all around. According to Spot Track, you're going to see $7.5 million next year for Luis Castillo, $7 million for Jesse Winker, and $5.5 million for Tyler Malley. And there's, there's other numbers in there as well. Talking about like Kyle Farmer's going to get a little over 2 million. You're going to get, um, some money for Lucas Sims, who is in arbitration. And you've also got some guys like Luis Sessa, who are just coming into arbitration as well. Who's going to get, according to spot track around a million and a half. And there's also some players who could be non-tender can again. And, and we've talked about Tyler Naquin a lot. He's in arbitration as well. According to spot track, he's probably going to make around three and a half million dollars next year. So when you look at your most important players, number one, it makes financially prudent sense to be proactive with their contract negotiations. But number two, it's just good faith, man. Just looks good. You know, arbitration is a dirty process. Arbitration is a, this is how much I think I'm worth. And then the team says, this is how much we think you're worth. And there are always different numbers. So this is a way to avoid all that nastiness to show good faith in guys who you are betting your franchise on, who you are building your team around to win a championship with. Be proactive with it, Reds. This is something that I, I, I think just should go without saying, but last year there was no momentum toward it. There were no rumors about it. Nothing to really get you thinking that the Reds were building to some kind of crescendo with getting preemptive contracts made. And this is something that they should absolutely do this year. Talking about probably three or four years for each of these guys. I don't know numbers wise. I'm not, I'm not saying that I think that Luis Castillo, Luis Castillo would sign like a four year, seven and a half million dollars per year deal. He might want a little bit more and maybe they backload it some way or something like that. I, I just think that this is the type of thing that a smart front office would do. And 
If the news came out tomorrow that they reached some kind of contract extension, I will applaud Nick, Nick crawl. If it's some kind of contract extension with Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley, Jesse Winker, uh, maybe they're even looking at uh, possible preemptive uh, talks with Kyle farmer. Maybe they're looking at talks with Lucas Sims. There's a couple of guys on here that I think they need to non-tender guys like Jeff Hoffman and mayor Garrett replacement level dudes. And I know Amir Garrett's got a lot of talent, but I, I just think that he needs to change his, his scenery at this point. And Amir Garrett, according to spot track is due to make $2 million. That's money that they could save and put toward contracts for key cornerstone guys like Castillo, Malley and Winker. And I think that a smart front office will do that. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow, again, we'll be back on YouTube. Just had some issues today with the internet. But make sure you're following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube as well. Follow me on Twitter, too, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But that'll do it for us. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.